Hello, you are listening to the Omnitalk Fast Five, brought to you in partnership with Microsoft, the A&M Consumer and Retail Group, Takeoff, and Sezzle. The Omnitalk Fast Five podcast is the podcast that we hope makes you feel a little smarter, but most importantly, a little happier each week, too. Today is August 18th, 2022. I'm your host, Ann Mazinga. And I'm Chris Walton. And we are just back from a trip to the Fleet Feet store in the South Loop of Chicago, ready to discuss all the top headlines that made waves in the world of omni-channel retailing this week. Chris, did you notice how seamlessly I said Fleet Feet Fleet store? Feet, yes. I mean, that was amazing. Like you, you And believe me, that is not easy to do. Fleet no, I've Feet, had a lot Feet, of Feet, struggles yes. over saying you, that you, the last you have. 48 and hours. And that read was, you were so, you're so energized this morning too. Like I couldn't believe it. Well, I'm surprised, but I, I'm going to roll with it. I'm impressed. Yeah, but we sh- we went to the Fleet Feet store. We shot some video. We're going to have that for you shortly. Shot some video of Amazon's new uh, Just Walk Out technology yes. at Hudson News in the Chicago Midway Airport, yeah, too. checked out the Lululemon Experiential store. I made Chris take <laughs> class up oh there. God, it but it was hell. amazing. I loved it. Yeah, it you did. You, that was like your mecca. That was like your mecca pilgrimage, oh, the I'll Chicago hang out Lululemon in, store. I'll hang out in that store all day. But, but uh, yeah, but we're, we're, we're a little road-weary. But we're ready to rock and roll. And actually, we have two also road-weary guests today. Because back for their regular monthly appearance on the Fast Five are our guest hosts from the AM Consumer and Retail Group. I'm pleased to introduce you again today, Abhinav Chandra and David Brown. How are you guys both this morning? Doing great. Looking forward to it, Chris. Uh, great yeah, time. Same yeah, you guys are troopers. I mean, this is going to be quite a primo show today with all of us, like, just so still so passionate about talking about all the retail headlines, but also very tired from our jobs helping and intersecting with other retailers in the That's industry. That's right. David, David, David's flight was canceled last night. Abhinav's just back from Australia. So we're all, we're all, we're all world travelers here. We're ready to go. But um, why, don't you guys, why don't you guys start off by telling the audience a little bit about yourselves, give them your background. Abhinav, let's start with you. Hi, uh, my name is Abhinav. I'm a managing director uh, at Alvarez and Marcel's uh, Consumer and Retail Group. I have 15 years experience in uh, retail, started at McKinsey's Retail Group, worked at Amazon, and now I'm a managing director at AM's CRG Group. Excellent. David, tell us about Yeah, you. thanks, Anne. Very uh, similar to uh, Abhinav. Um, Grew up at uh, Kearney and uh, McKinsey, a little bit of uh, retail banking uh, before that. Uh, do almost all of my work uh, in, uh, in luxury and in beauty, uh, really working uh, across the retail value chain. Exciting. We're, yeah. We've got some topics to cover with both of you today. We're going to get we're going to need your your most insightful opinions. On yeah, today. exactly right. And I got to say this to you. I got to give credit where credit's due. David has the best flow of anyone in the A&M <laughs> Consumer and Retail. I was gonna say, He's got the you, best mane. Uh, he does. He yes. Really does. And skin. Those David, watching on TV. I feel like you definitely work in luxury beauty. I can yeah, tell. Right? I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally. see where this is going. Abhinav, yeah, you, ha- it, you have it, that yeah, Australian glow. Happy too. Also. <laughs> Uh, it's You're just clear. laid back, Abhinav. All right, we're embarrassing. <laughs> All right, yeah, no, but no, I had to do it because it's fun. That's why we do on the show. Um, now, normally this is where we read our reviews, but given the headlines, because they're pretty awesome this week, and the fact we've got guests on the show, we're going to get right to today's headlines. But stay tuned, Erica Retail Junkie, because we see your review, and we plan to read yours next week. 
Today's Fast Five is brought to you with the help and support of our good friends at Grocery Shop. Yes. Are you a retailer or a brand thinking about attending Grocery Shop this year? Well, don't even think about it without using our promo code specifically for OmniTalks loyal listeners. Just go to grocershop.com and enter promo code ARBOT1950. That's R-B-O-T-1-9-5-O for your special discounted rate. In today's Fast Five, we've got news on Walmart picking Paramount Plus for its streaming plan partner. Rumors that Ajo Deleuze may be acquiring Albertsons, Facebook and DoorDash teaming up for marketplace deliveries. A headline so good, we saved the best for last, which is Quick Trip licensing Amazon's Just Walk Out Tech down in Tulsa. But first, we take off with a bevy of quarterly <laughs> earnings announcements. And All right. For headline number one, Chris, we're going to talk about earnings season it is upon us once again this week as a number of retailers reported their quarterly figures. Here are a few of the highlights. Yes, please indulge me. All right. Walmart beat analyst expectations, citing a 6.5% comp store sales growth last quarter. Home Depot also beat expectations, seeing a 5.8% comp store sales growth, while warning that it does not expect to see a slowdown. So it in the does b- expect to see a slowdown. Oh, sorry. Yes. yes. Warning. Yes. It does does expect to see a slowdown in the back half That's of the big year. big warning. Yes. Ooh, ominous. Ooh. <laughs> uh, well, it would be weird if they did not. They were, That was like their <laughs> announcement. We do not expect yeah, to right? see no, a slowdown. No one ever says that, right? <laughs> yeah, right. That's a good point. Uh, and finally, Target reported a quarterly profit drop of 90% Don't. year over year as it cleaned through inventory and saw comp store sales growth of 2.6%. Uh, Abhinav, let's go to you first. What are you going to take away from this week's earnings reports? First of all, uh, I, I want to put it in a little bit of context. Context is that uh, inflation has been running mm-hmm. uh, right. 8%, 9%, around 8 9%. So if anyone is growing less than 8 or 9% right. year over year, that means either unit sales are down or people are buying items that are lower priced or a combination of both. And that's what's going on here across the board. Um, in case of Target, I think it's a good decision for them to clean out the inventory and take the profit hit in this counter, especially uh, because the mix of sales are changing. They are changing away from apparel to more non-discretionary, and they were heavy on apparel. Right. Uh, and apparel, having run an apparel business myself, I know how difficult it is to get rid of inventory. Right. Products go out of season. Uh, I mean, you cannot sell your summer <laughs> items <laughs> in winter. I mean, it's not going to sell. So right. you have to take the hit. They have taken the hit. I think they have done made the right decision, uh, even though it was super painful. Uh, in terms of Walmart, they have held on to inventory, which is interesting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> they, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. They have held on to inventory, which is interesting. 40% of it, they claim excess inventories because the price of the inventory has gone up. They are 15% bloated, according to them. It'll be interesting to see. I think they they, they will have to take the hit. May they be, maybe they will choose to take it over a period of time, sure. uh, but I think it'll be more painful for them. In case of uh, Home Depot, I think if you look at it, their transactions were down. Mm-hmm. So... The inflation is helping them to get to that 5.8%. Uh, and they will see, I think they are right in saying that they will see a hit in the second quarter because they had a second half of the year because last year they had a blockbuster year. Right. And then this year with home sales dropping, interest rate at whatever 5%, uh, I think they are going to see a little bit of a hit. Uh, and they are right in calling it out. So Abhinav, I got to ask you then, because I, you know, there are a lot of Walmart execs and Walmart, the Walmart execs on social media are going to be a topic later on too, but... 
Um, there were a lot of Walmart execs taking credit for their strategy working based on the results that they're seeing here. If I read the between the lines of what you said, though, I would be a little more cautious, cautious if I was them based on the fact that heavy grocery business, high inflation, sales aren't really at the level that you just said. Would you agree with my statement there? It seems like yeah, you're shaking I, your I, head yes. Yes, I, I would agree they, that I would be a little bit more cautious. Um, they have done okay on the top line, I think. But it's the profitability where I would be a little bit more cautious as they move forward because they will have to get rid of that inventory eventually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. David, what do you think? Yeah, I'll take a, a bit of a contrary view, at least on the Walmart Ooh, piece. Oh, I love it. Uh, okay. I, because I think Walmart, if, if anybody benefits from the trade down effect right, uh, more than others. So, you know, I, I think their whole part of the their whole inventory strategy is is waiting to see that play out uh you know and you know it's not people trading all the way down to a 99 cents or something like that or a dollar general but you know if you were shopping at you know kind of the safeways and albertsons and uh and targets of the world and, and you do have a natural trade down uh it, it is walmart so i think there might be a bit of a bump that they get there that they're counting on uh if the economy continues to uh vacillate over the next six to 12 months but we'll see if they're right or not, right? Yeah, so. I, I yeah, agree with David. Yeah. I was actually wondering, like, if we start to see a shift now, like if people are going to Walmart because of, of lower priced groceries, if they do have that excess inventory, are they picking up other things while they're on that trip that they previously may have gone to Target for or something? And like, how does, you know, we look at Target's offering. Target's not been known for like grocery, especially produce being like one affordable right. or two, you know, of good quality. And so I'm kind of curious to see how this customer, how these results are impacted by changing customer behaviors and where the, where they're going for those stores. But what, what do you, what are your thoughts? Oh, go ahead. David. I, I know gr gas has come down a little bit and everything yeah. like recently, but if you think about making one stop instead of two or three, right, it plays exactly, exactly what you're talking about. Anne. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think I 100% agree with you guys, too. I mean, I think I probably I mean, I guess I don't know how contrary that position was to David in a lot of ways. I think a lot of it makes sense. I think, you know, the point that I think I was trying to make more so was just like, you know, you, you had a decent quarter, but let's not, you know, you know, ring the bell that, you know, everything's rosy, uh, right. you know, in general. But um, I mean, they also just laid off a bunch of people, too. We can't forget. But I don't know. I mean, the takeaways for me are really simple to me. It was Target's inventory position. As we surmise, I think, David, you might have been on the show the last time. Right. We said it was going to be much worse than people thought, or at least that they yep. were leading us to believe at that time. So I want to take a victory lap on that. And then, yeah, I think inflation, you know, is... You know, particularly danger for Target because of their uh, particularly a danger for Target because of their product mix as well, which is why, you know, it shouldn't be a surprise that Walmart had the results it has because it's such heavy grocery. But um, I don't know. Last words on anything, you two? Uh, the only thing I would say, the trade down effect is also like even though they may make the sale on grocery, grocery is lower margin. Right. A hundred percent. Yep. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, but you know, they've got a lot of room to go there too, in terms of, you know, what they mean for the, the marketplace in general and can probably withstand the inflation pressures better than, than many others out there too, which I think 100%. is David's your point too. All right, let's yeah. keep rolling. I mean, and, oh, go and ahead, just, David. You know, last point really quick, Chris, on the, you know, on the home improvement category, right? That the reckoning was coming. They've had yeah two great years during the pandemic where everybody did everything in their home. And right. Yeah. That, there's a natural cycle that effect here that hard to avoid. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's keep moving. Let's go to headline number two. 
Uh, after reports teased the link up last week, it is now official. Walmart has picked up Paramount Plus to be the official streaming partner for its Walmart Plus subscription service. Walmart will begin offering Paramount Plus to all Walmart Plus subscribers at no additional cost, a service which on its own costs at least $4.99 a month. Numerous Walmart execs, as I alluded to before, <laughs> took to social media this week, most notably Chief Marketing Officer William White and friend and former colleague had this to say on LinkedIn, quote, one of the most requested perks for Walmart Plus is coming in September, exclamation point. In addition to free delivery from walmart.com and discounts on gas, members now also get the Paramount Plus Essential Plan, a $59 value, end quote. David, are you sharing the Walmart execs enthusiasm for this new partnership? Yeah, I haven't often said this on this on this show, but I absolutely love this one. Like, really? I, I think. Uh, oh my gosh! Wow. Tell us more. Wow! I'm uh, I'm a huge fan of this move. Oh uh, my god! Okay, why? Be, well, a couple of things, right? So, like you know, if you think about the two dominant players that are are, are racing to you know build a complete bundle, right? Amazon's well ahead. Yeah. And, you know, they had to have a, a video response, you know, since they sold Voodoo to, to Comcast right. a few years ago, which was never going to work out. This now gives them, you know, content. It's it's a content that I think matches up pretty well with their demographics. They got, you know, the CBS version of football. They got a lot of kids stuff. You know, it's a broad Yellowstone. Middle yeah. America content, right? Yeah. So, I think Paw Patrol is the real important. Oh, Paw Patrol, like, I mean, it's like you know, they got a Rub bunch of great stuff. Yeah, they, you know, the other streaming services they looked at, right? You know, Disney was never going to do a deal. No, it's too expensive. Yeah. You know, it, they don't need them. Um, Walmart was never going to build it, right? They're not driven by an ego fueled desire to own a studio. That mm -hmm. you know, kind of the way you know, I think Amazon started. So I think it's a great play to keep some, you know, make some more competitive with Amazon Prime Plus and, you know, Walmart Plus is uh, becoming a viable alternative. Well, I can't wait to see what's what's the next piece of uh, that they add to Walmart Plus. Wow. I can't wait to talk about this. All right. But Avinov, you got to go next. What what are, what are your thoughts here? Do you agree with David? I, I mean, I I wouldn't go as far as David went to say I love it. I I don't. I would say they had no other option. They had to put something together to compete with Prime if that's their goal. Uh, yeah, and this is is that their goal? Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, if that is their goal or that should be their goal, that is a right. different question altogether. Right. And I, so I think they, if they had to do it, I think this was the most viable option. I I guess that was on the table. The the more interesting piece to me was when they report their. I mean, they have never uh, publicly said what are their uh, Walmart per subscriber growth numbers. They have never oh, publicly never said published it. Never published those, yeah. Yeah, uh, which which is same in line with Amazon when it was going through with the Prime. It never published it. I think they started publishing six years ago. The bigger thing is, as I read between the lines, I think they say, yeah, our subscriber base is growing monthly. Uh, every month it continues to grow, but the language is so soft that it makes me believe that the growth is not what they were expecting. And they have to do something to energize it. Uh, and I think this is probably a move that will help them. Uh, now, how far? I will wait to see. Yeah. So, and I don't know what you think on this. We haven't talked about this. So do you think this is the move that's going to energize the growth or not? I I agree with Abhinav. I think we have to wait and see how much this impacts. Because honestly, for me, it still isn't enough to get me to do a Walmart Plus subscription. And like, there's a there's a key missing component here yeah 
with Amazon Prime Video, you have no ads, okay? And this platform is for the $4.99 version. You still have ads. Like, at least Walmart get the ad-free version. Like, that's a big I, – I don't think it's a big deal when you're looking at, like – five dollars a month i don't think it's enough of an ad to get the the needle pushed the way that they think they're going to get it from this yeah well i okay okay go ahead abinov no i i would say in in case of amazon with amazon prime the amazon prime subscription stood in on itself even before amazon prime came along Right. And it was doing really, really well when Prime came along. And then as Prime came along, it brought more customers in. So it was helpful, for sure. Uh, and as you called out, it was always ad-free mm-hmm. uh, with the Prime subscription. So uh, Walmart Plus, I think this is a sweetener, but Walmart Plus core offering has to stand by itself. Uh, before it can be, yeah, before this is creating the value. I see what yeah. you're saying. But- yeah, but I think that's, I think what you guys are talking about is really important in this because like, and it goes back, to, I thought when we talked about what is the goal of this, mm-hmm. I think that's really important is like, why in our mind do we mentally say like, oh, it's a subscription program. It needs to be bundled and it needs to be like Amazon's. When in reality, the beauty of what Amazon does is they've created the flywheel around the prime membership and it fuels everything that Amazon is doing. So it's Amazon owns its own content studio. Mm-hmm. Walmart doesn't. Walmart is basically buying the content studio right. from Paramount. So it's not going to get that same flywheel effect. So that's my point is like, I don't think it's going to do anything. I actually, I, I coined the phrase last night. I think, I think this is a Paramount over a molehill. Like, honestly, like that's what's going I'm, on here. I don't know that I'm going to give you credit for that. It's yeah. pretty, it's pretty pathetic. weak, but Hey, Hey, points for trying ad. Come on. Guess so. I guess. So, but like, but. I just don't get it because even in the statement that William White said, like if your customers are, if your current Walmart plus customers are asking for it, that means it's not going to get you incremental subscribers most likely. Cause they're already with you. You know, they, to your point, they saw some value in it that you're not seeing and they signed up for it. So they got it anyway. That's great. But I come back to it. It's like, it's, it's not the same thing from the firewall approach that Amazon takes with it. And so the two things from a business model perspective to me could not be more different. And the real advantages Walmart has to find is where are those synergies? Like like the gas discounts. Yes, yes. that makes sense. You know, Walmart or Amazon can't do that, mm-hmm. right? Scan and go services in store. Yes, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You can advertise off that platform, which is yours. Right. You don't get that with Paramount Plus. David, last word here though, because I pretty much just disagreed with you. Yeah, I think the big piece you're missing though, Chris, is the 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 draw of NFL and just how popular NFL is. You know, now I know, uh, you know, all of the streaming services have a little piece of it. Mm-hmm. CBS is still and, and Fox are still the two biggest pieces of it. So having access to that and not having to pay for an NFL Red Zone or something along those lines, I, I think is going to be really key to this deal so and i think, think that, you, that you was think actually setting the driving this up for the future of how the nfl streaming battles exactly. get, get won hmm. okay well that's an interesting point yeah i mean okay i don't know i think that's a, maybe over attributing a little bit to them but in terms of nfl in terms of how it'll play out well i mean but i mean it's it's nfl plus other content right you know yeah. there, there's still established content in the paramount network i mean you can talk all you want about the flywheel of, of amazon and amazon prime They've bought a lot of content. All of their produced content is is still not taken hold the way some of the content that exists in uh, on the other platforms is. Right? They, you know, you, you, it's hard to argue that they have two or three shows, let alone ten or twenty, that 
you know, that they have produced that people are clamoring to see. I don't know. I think that was debatable as as I'm watching boys religiously right now. But uh, yeah. But, but yeah, no, it's good. Well noted. All right, Anne, let's keep moving. All right. Headline number three, Ahol Delhaize is rumored to be evaluating an Albertsons acquisition. According to European media outlet Retail Detail, one of my favorite named uh, retail outlets, yeah, for by sure. the way. Yeah. The Retail Detail. Uh, two Albertsons planes were spotted last week at Bedford Airport next to Ahol Delhaize's U.S. base in Massachusetts. Neither side at this point has confirmed or denied the rumors. Uh, Abhinav, David, who wants to take this one? Because I've got to hear what your thoughts are on this potential, the the rumored relationship between. Yeah, let, let me start on the. Yeah. On you know, the point you just said, because I think that, you know, sums up the deal in, in this thing. Why the hell is there two planes there, right? I mean, if I'm in right. a whole executive, I'm like, okay, this is places so poorly run. The cost structure is so bloated that they show up with two planes. I, I see immediate <laughs> energy, yeah, you know, both I, from a, a, a cost standpoint, but you know, then, you know. Also, I agree. David, I thought about that. It's so funny. David <laughs> and I are on the point. same yeah, wavelength this like week, too, because I was harmonizing. like, if you're going to send execs and you don't want people to know, why are you sending a branded plane to right. this location? Two of like, them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. OK, keep going, though, David. Yeah. Keep going. But, you know, beyond that, I do think there's, a, you know, potential synergies, right? The yeah. the geographic footprint uh, fits very well. I hold primarily East Coast base. You know, Albertsons with Safeway and, and their other, you know, properties are primarily West Coast based. So, you know, if they do want to be a national player, you know, and there's a lot of benefits to being natural, uh, a national player in terms of leverage, in terms of synergies and, and all of those type of things, then uh, then this is a natural play for them. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, unless they're going to buy a, a super regional like a Raley's or something like that, uh, which is, you know, probably a better run grocer. Uh, then, then this is, uh, I think, the logical option. So, Ned, Ned, you're okay with this move? Yeah, yeah, you like, yeah, yeah. Abhinav, where do you land? Yeah, yeah I, I, I 100% agree with what David just said. Uh, my local grocery store is Safeway, uh, and I do not like going there. But the next grocery store is 10 miles away, so right. <laughs> I have no other option but to go there. But uh, since the pandemic started, I only order online. I don't like going in the store. It's right. old. It's creaky. It does, well, it's not a pleasant experience yeah. to shop. Right, right. That's uh, what they're talking about great. with with this right. merger that could be helpful. Is that a exactly. lot of those Safeway stores, they you know the Albertson stores need those improvements, and hopefully Ahold could come in and help do that. Yeah. But Chris, no, I feel the same way. I, I'm this one, David and I 100% agree on. I thought the point about the Jets was amazing. Actually, <laughs> that was that was such a a canny pickup there. Like. Um, <laughs> Why not? You know, Aho gets grocery. They don't have a presence on the West Coast. The grocery game is getting more and more about scale by the minute here, too, I mm-hmm. think, you know, as you look to compete in the U.S. So I'm like, yeah, why not go for it? It makes sense to me. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, especially as we're looking at who the major players are setting themselves up to be. You look at Kroger and Ocado moving across different geographies right. with their uh, fulfillment centers. And I think that if you start to think about Ahold picking up more of the West Coast uh, grocers like David and Abhinav are talking about. I think that allows them to kind of invest more heavily in those centralized fulfillment centers that could allow them to really start to compete with a Kroger and Amazon Fresh and, and other uh, grocers that are starting to look at this mass expansion. 
All right, headline number four, Facebook Marketplace and DoorDash are teaming up on local Facebook Marketplace deliveries. According to the Wall Street Journal, the deal is an attempt to get more people, especially younger ones, mm -hmm. to use meta-owned Facebook, while for DoorDash, the partnership boosts its ambition to expand into delivering more than food. The service has been tested in several U.S. cities in recent months and lets Facebook users purchase and receive items from Marketplace without ever leaving their homes. The service will deliver items that fit in a car trunk and deliveries will be made to addresses up to 15 miles away and are usually made within 48 hours, the Wall Street Journal reported. Terms of the deal for either side have not been disclosed at this point. David, what do you think of this move for both parties? <laughs> this one made me laugh. Oh, really? Um, okay. For, for a couple of reasons. One is like, you know, I, I love the comment about trying to get younger. So, you know, I guess that uh, my mom if she was still alive, would have been a hundred today. She's just approaching, you know, to be old enough to be a Facebook user. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> David bringing it today. I love it. So, yeah. So I, I guess, you know, like from a, a delivery standpoint, that would be beneficial from her. But I don't know, to me, this, this harkens back to something we talked about yeah, last year on an episode. I think it was 7-Eleven and DoorDash. Right. That it, it seems a little bit of desperation on, on both their points, right? Mm -hmm. You know, at, at Facebook, the driving way to get younger users is to, you know, try to get DoorDash users through Marketplace. Uh, I, I don't think that's the answer. And, and I think, you know, I get DoorDash's play of trying to get away from anything grocery in, into other items. And that was the same play with, uh, I think it was 7-Eleven. So this is another play on that. But, you know, this is a splash announcement that is going to have very little practical impact on, on either company. Wow. All right, Abhinav, do you going to agree with David? Uh, I think I feel like you're one, you've agreed with him so far on one, disagreed on another. We're kind of half disagreeing on the first headline. Where do you come down on this one? So I'm pretty sure Anne's uh, going to disagree pretty wholeheartedly. Yeah. So uh, I I'm actually going to disagree here, David, with you. Yeah, all right. Uh, there we go. Uh, and I, here is the thing. I I think uh, it's a play for the future, and I think. Um, the announcement or the partnership uh, has an asymmetrical benefit, I think, from from uh, both sides. First of all, I'm a huge fan of DoorDash. Uh, they are a very uh, nimble and innovative company that is coming up with new business models, and they are working with all different kinds of retailers to try to figure out how to deliver fast in an in an e-commerce uh, environment. And Part of success on of e-commerce, part of it, not all of it, part of it depends on fast delivery. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so if you have the selection, if your experience of selling the product online is good, then delivery is the third piece that needs to fit in. Uh, and so DoorDash has done that at really, really well for a bunch of retailers and they continue to expand. So that's, and so this is another sort of uh, feather in their cap. If from Facebook perspective, I think the jury is still out. I'm on the Facebook side. I'm with David. Uh, Facebook is not known as a place where you would go and shop. I mean, they are not the destination that you would think that they are currently. However, they could get there in the future. There could be a world in the future where you can think of as they launch Meta, uh, as the uh, Metaverse, their platform, you are playing game in the Metaverse and you see something that you want to buy in the Metaverse, you buy it and then DoorDash delivers it. You are playing, for example, you are playing a game in Metaverse mm -hmm. and you see something that you like. Mm -hmm. You order it and DoorDash delivers it to you. I mean, I'm, it's much further ahead in the future, 
but the point is that facebook needs to improve its shopping experience when it does and is able to compete in the e-commerce space they have the delivery part figured out so that's the thing that's the jury is out on the facebook side but i think from a doordash perspective they continue to expand they continue to add more things and independent of who succeeds if they have everyone they will succeed mm-hmm. from okay. a delivery perspective yeah they're 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 taking a portfolio bet right uh, you know, exactly i agree with you on the doordash i i just don't have any confidence facebook ever yeah gets- that part yeah. Interesting. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. The fa- the lo- the short term, long term Facebook. The part I think that's missing in this conversation, which I'm pretty sure Anne's gonna bring up because I know her and she's a religious Facebook marketplace shopper. Yes. Is the Facebook marketplace angle, which is very different than say the Facebook feed and shopping from that or the metaverse eventuality too. But Anne, exactly, what do you think? Exactly what I was going to say. I think that there's an important distinction to be made that is exactly that, where you know, shopping at my local retailer on Facebook and using that for DoorDash, that's fine, but that's not enough to get me to get a Dash Pass, for example, and, can, and have a subscription. But Facebook Marketplace and having DoorDash fulfill Facebook Marketplace transactions is a 100% going to get me to get a Dash Pass without question. I mean- Facebook Marketplace in a lot of communities has pretty much overtaken Craigslist. And the worst part of that transaction is having to drive whenever it works for that particular second individual to meet somebody you don't know is is having to like go through that part of it. And I think keeps a lot of people from doing Facebook Marketplace type transactions. But allowing peer-to-peer commerce to take place in a much more convenient way for a, a little to no fee on top of whatever it is you're already getting a deal on because it's a resold item is brilliant. I think that this is great for, you know, DoorDash to be able to say, look, we're, we're yeah, everybody, Instacart, whoever, we can give you your beauty store, your drug store, whatever on top of your subscription, but we are going to eliminate that friction and the unpleasant experience of having to buy something from a complete stranger. Um, and having that transaction be one and done. It, anything that will fit into a trunk gives you access to a large variety of items that you can have this this transaction. And I think that you know we this is such an untapped market as we're thinking about what the possibility for enhancing this peer-to-peer transaction looks like. We just talked to Cleveron. They've been doing peer-to-peer locker transactions right. so that you can d- even Brilliant eliminate point. these experiences point. forever in Estonia. And I think that you know we're going to start to see more facilitation of these transactions as resale as a concept becomes more important. I love this. Damn, you go, girl. Go, I Gina. I love it. Yeah, David, what do you I, think? I want it for today because I don't want to drive to two locations. I have a table full of stuff sitting in my office that I've hey, been needing to sell. I'm that's actually going to try it on Facebook Marketplace. And you I'll, report yeah, back. We'll see how many, what, what happens. I reserve yes. the right to change my opinion, but I'm not changing it yet. <laughs> Damn, you just mic dropped David, I think, man. That was awesome. That was awesome. I don't even have anything to add. Like, I agree with you. I think my thing would just be it's a pain, it's a real pain point in the marketplace experience mm-hmm. that this potentially solves. Right. I think there also is the element longer term of how Facebook does commerce. And I've long posited too. I think I wrote in Forbes back in the end of 2020 mm-hmm. where there is a link up for Facebook and these third-party delivery services to get together whereas and and create a world where you're shopping from your feed and behind the scenes the delivery operators just source it for you wherever's most right. economically viable for you and give you the option of where you want to choose to purchase it from. So I think that could come later, but mm-hmm. I think you're 100% right. This is about the marketplace, and that is big volume. 
Oh, like, there are billions yeah. of dollars running through the marketplace. Uh, and from my and I wonder, at, like, at but, least until the TikTok Amazon, uh, uh, you know, stream comes out, right? So. Potentially right, right. You see too. That today? Yeah, I saw but that too. I also wonder, like, what information Facebook is going to be able to gather and DoorDash, for that matter, that they could also potentially sell to the retailers of products. So, like, if somebody's searching restoration hardware sofa, right. like, can you start to say, like, restoration hardware? This is what the second life of your products looks like. Right. These are these are what people are searching for. This is the potential value. So you're you all capture. in. Oh yeah, all in. I know. Ships on the table. <laughs> You're going to need a bigger trunk is right, David. All right, let's go to headline number five. According to CSP Magazine, Quick Trip is opening a non-gasoline convenience store with Amazon's no checkout, just walk out technology in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa customers can enjoy Quick Trip snacks, including the Nitro Coffee Station with freshly brewed coffee, as well as its complete menu of grab-and-go items like fresh donuts, salads, wraps, and Quick Trips pizza by the slice. For perspective, Quick Trip, that's Quick Trip with a Q, is number 10 on the QSP's top 200 convenience store chains and has over 900 stores with an estimated annual volume of $11 billion per year, according to Winsight. Uh, Abhinav, what do you think of this decision by Quick Trip to sleep with the enemy? I think it's a good one. Really? Um, Okay. Yeah, I think it's a good one. So when Amazon started AWS, it all started similarly. They were they had their own infrastructure of computers. They built their own services. Then they decided, oh, it's a good idea to sell it to others. Let's see if others buy it and if they buy it. And now we have a huge AWS business on Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's in the same vein from Amazon's perspective. Mm-hmm. From Quick Trip's perspective, they are not going to build this technology. They have to sort of, if they want it, they will have to buy it from somewhere. Amazon has the best technology at the moment. Uh, and that's the path that they are going down. Uh, I think uh, Quick Trip is a convenience store. They want convenience, and this provides convenience to their customers. Uh, so I think it's a good partnership. Now, going back to the analogy that I was making earlier around AWS, uh, as the evolution of AWS has happened, a lot of retailers have stopped using AWS and have moved to Google Cloud. Because they feel even though the two businesses are separate, the profit that they are making on AWS is subsidizing the retail business, which is their competition. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, this may play out in the same way in the future, but as of now, there are limited set of options. Uh, And the quality of technology that Amazon has is way, way far ahead than anyone else has got it. Walmart, I think, is trying to build it, but they are nowhere even close. Um, And so if this is the only play that you have, then that's the one you've got to take and you have to think customer first. And if you think customer first, you have to provide more convenience. You have an option. Why not? Interesting. So you like the move because you think Quick Trip's thinking customer first, that this is a real threat or a real new way to shop convenience stores. We have to understand it and make sense of it. So we're going to partner with Amazon. That's that's your basic point. Okay. Yeah. David, what do you think? Yeah, I think we're going to end on uh, a little kumbaya. Uh, I actually really like it, too, uh, for all of the reasons that uh, Abhinav just said. The um, the other thing that I think is interesting in this is, it, if you notice in the, the announcement, it's it's one of their na- non-gas mm-hmm. locations. Right. Um, so I actually think this speaks to a future strategy around how are they going to think about uh, the transition to electric vehicles and all of their their gas locations and actually convert them into true convenience stores. And uh, so in some ways, to me, this is a, a 
a customer first pilot on uh, what could be the strategy to uh, eliminate gas stations long term. Interesting. I. What do you think? I don't. I don't like it. I don't. I don't. I. I. I don't think that the checkout free technology race is happening that quickly. Hmm. That you need to si- You need to saddle up with Amazon. That you need to put the saddle on the horse of Amazon right now. I just, really. I don't because, um, you know, there's plenty of players in the marketplace that have are showing an ability to do what Amazon is doing and waiting another year or two years to take a partnership with them. I don't think really disadvantages you that much, mm-hmm. but you start getting in bed with Amazon and building these stores, you know, first in Tulsa, and then they said they're going to build more of them throughout the region. Like right. if you do that with Amazon, that's going to put you in a, that's kind of where back in the e-commerce mousetrap that Toys R Us and Target and everybody else fell into back in the late nineties and early two thousands. So I don't know, but I mean, what I take away from it is I think the threat is real. Number one, that mm-hmm. Quick Trip thinks the threat of checkout free retail as a shopping experience is real. The second thing is probably that the the convenience store players in the space for checkout free technology are probably not ready for prime time yet. I think that's an important point here um, that Abhinav's bringing up too. Mm -hmm. And you have to remember like Trigo, who we've spotlighted on the show, has deliberately tried to stay away from the convenience store market because they believe in scaling to grocery and proving that out. But we've seen 3,000 store checkout free spaces from them that work too. So like the technology can't be that far away with somebody else. Um, so I don't know. I just, uh, that, that, I don't, I just don't like it for those reasons. I think that's what's puzzling to me here is that these are all new stores that they're going to have to build with Amazon. Amazon's not retrofitting spaces yet. And I think that's where when you're quick trip, the size of quick trip, like we talked about, and you can't retrofit yet any of your old stores, you're only going to be able to build these new stores. And I, I think David's bringing up a good point about like the future of what the convenience store and gas station looks like. hundred percent. Um, I, I do think though to that point there's some advantages of bringing Amazon in if there's a if there's something we don't know like what right. do we not know about this relationship yeah, that's, that's happening too. where you're you're starting to think about if Amazon does want to build the future gas station you know is this a player that gives them suddenly access throughout the middle of the country like all along 35 that goes you know north to right. south they suddenly have access to all of those gas stations with Quick Trip could be a, a play here that we don't we just don't have visibility to the other point i would yeah, make too, that could be a huge assortment play that could be an access play there's yeah i agree with you on that one and that, that yeah the, yeah the tentacles could be a get really with. interesting if you start thinking about it right. the other point i would make too that i think is really important here is it shows you that amazon's tech is really licensable at this point exactly like quick trip hudson hudson news and the airports the, all the airport stores the sporting events like they've got that thing dialed in now mm-hmm. if people are signing up to it to the degree that they are abanov yeah, my my question. This is a question, not an answer. Here, uh, back to you guys. Like, what's the competitive threat that you think exists from Amazon for them? Like, by licensing this technology, they are only licensing the technology. They're not licensing anything else. Well, I think it's the same way. I mean, you know, I I I think of, I mean, I don't think it's that dissimilar than what they did with e-commerce. You know, like they built everyone else's e-commerce websites. That gave them the revenue to build theirs better and do it better over time. They kept the best technology for themselves in theory relative to what they were giving to their provider, to who they were providing it to. It's the same thing here with convenience store retailing, ultimately. And at the end of the day, they could learn to do the convenience store business. They have a competitive threat in Amazon Go that's mm-hmm. growing fairly rapidly. Um, you know, that, 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 that's kind of my thought there, Abhinav. What do you think, though? Uh, my, my thought is... Uh... I mean, they. This is like AWS. They are the point that you make that th- this may be funding some other parts of their business. 
from a profit perspective that i can totally oh, 100% that's mm-hmm. yeah that's that, that i agree with yeah. uh if that's the only angle then that's fine but in terms of licensing the technology yes they will teach them something but they will make the technology better for them and for for quick trip as well as for themselves and both sides are going to benefit as the technology evolves it's not like they are using different services yeah uh from that perspective yeah. so yeah. yeah i would buy that if they weren't doing amazon go like right. if they're like we're just licensing this technology we have no interest in a physical store play i would buy that argument but david last word here and then we'll get to the lightning round i think uh, that was spoken like a true amazon alum and by that you mean what abinov said right exactly (laughs) yes all right you guys let's get to the lightning round uh first question is for you david airbnb is rolling out new anti-party technology that can automatically detect the types of bookings that might result in an unauthorized party david what party trick or topic is your go-to at an authorized or unauthorized party yeah, it's probably more unauthorized, but uh, <laughs> when I was, uh, when I left Kearney years ago and, and went to McKinsey, I, I made the announcement at a, uh, at a holiday party and um, there was a karaoke thing. So I, I spent like three months perfecting uh, a couple M&M tunes. Oh my and, gosh. And so that I could actually have a, a mic drop moment. So uh, I've, uh, I've kept that up. So like, you know, if you see me like at some karaoke event, uh, oh my gosh. I'll, uh, I'll break out a pretty good M&M. What song? You have to wait and see that one. Well, oh, we can't get a freestyle yep. taste, huh? Oh, oh man. man. All right, we're going to hold you to that. You can be ready the Maybe next time. Maybe save that for another podcast. No, we're going to get yeah. you an Eminem one next time. All right, Avinov. Yeah. A one in two million bright blue lobster was found by a father and son in Maine recently. Who is your retail lobster other than Amazon who you just absolutely cannot live without? I would have to say Google. Uh, I don't Google. go to malls anymore. I shop online, and if I cannot, if I cannot pick Amazon, then I'm searching on Google. <laughs> Are you? Re- wow. Okay, you're that committed. Wow, dedicated. All right, let's go back to you, David. Snoop Dogg is coming out with a line of lookalike Fruit Loops called Snoop Loops, and if you were going to create your favorite cereal, what cereal would it be? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm super boring on this one and uh like uh i love oatmeal so it'd be some kind of mashup of oatmeal with all my other favorite flavors so i'd have to have you know a lot of nuts and berries and uh probably a little bit of brown sugar honey or something like that so oh nothing gosh. creative on this one i, I okay. can't really tap snoop oatmeal's right. creative you could make your own you could take your own spin on oatmeal um I, I i do love how like uh like the market the oatmeal market has expanded and now there's all of these craft oatmeal players out there that, right. that I think are doing some really cool stuff, whether yeah. it's protein based or are collagen really? based. Oh, or, yeah. That might give me back. Oh, yeah. That might give me to get back into it, I guess, but Oh, wow. you should, oh man, you, you got like, go, go into a good retailer and take a look at the oatmeal shelf. It's okay. They're killing it these days. All right. Yeah. All right. That's a big hurdle for me to climb. <laughs> all right. And a move to increase its freshness perception. Subway now plans to slice its own meat right in store. Abhinav, what was the last sandwich you ordered at Subway? I think it was uh, Italian sub, Italian carbonara sub. Yep. Nice. He knows the exact sub. Yeah, I don't no. even know. I would be like a turkey yeah. one. I don't know what it's called. It's got the turkey and <laughs> yeah. the whatever. Yeah. I think I got the BLT one in like 2012 in Casper, Wyoming. That was the last time I was in a subway in. That's, yeah, not my Bacon favorite. Bacon Ranch. <laughs> All right, that wraps us up. Happy birthday today to Andy Samberg, Christian Slater, and one of my all-time favorites, Mr. Roy Hobbs himself, Robert Redford. 
And remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it OmniTalk. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice-weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us and just for you. And if try really hard to make it all fit within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks, as always, for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. And remember to use your promo code ARBOT1950 to register for Grocery Shop. That's R-B-O-T-1950. Finally, David, if people want to get in touch with you and the AM Consumer and Retail Group for a little consulting services and advice, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, thanks, Chris. Uh, easiest way is either through our website, uh, Alvarez and Marcel slash C or uh, dash CRG, uh, or you can find uh, Abhinav, myself, or any of us on, uh, on LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being with us today, you two. Again, that's David Brown and Abhinav Chandra of the AM Consumer and Retail Group. On their behalf and from all of us at OmniTalk Retail, as always, be careful out there. The OmniTalk Fast Five is a Microsoft-sponsored podcast. Microsoft Cloud for Retail connects your customers, your people, and your data across the shopper journey, delivering personalized experiences and operational excellence. And is also brought to you in association with the AM Consumer and Retail Group. The AM Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities toward their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And Takeoff. Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so that grocers can seamlessly integrate the robotic solution into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit Takeoff.com and Sezzle. Sezzle is an innovative buy now pay later solution that allows shoppers to split purchases into four industry payments over six weeks. To learn more, visit Sezzle.com.